Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, and we're back for something we haven't done for quite a while. It's a new edition of The Hot Seat. We're going to get uh, one of the personalities from the sport, whether it's a driver, industry, media, you name it. Put them on the hot seat and ask them a bunch of hard-hitting questions, uh, maybe attached to something that's going on in the sport, uh, whether it's some breaking news, whether it's getting their input on what they think is going on. Uh, Very timely to get this particular edition of the Hot Seat underway as we have a young driver from Orlando, Florida, joining me here today on the EKN Radio Network, Ryan Norberg, uh, national uh, number one uh, for the last three years uh, in the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, back-to-back national number ones in our driver rankings as well. Let's start by welcoming in Ryan. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to, uh, to join us here on the Hot Seat. Oh, no problem, Rob. Thank you for having me. I always love participating in anything eCarding News uh, promotes and, you know, pushes. It's always a good, good opportunity for me. And, you know, it's going to be run well and done correctly. So, you know, <laughs> I appreciate for, me it's, for I, me, it's always fun. I appreciate it. Well, let, let's start out, folks. If, if you don't know Ryan Norberg, you probably don't watch the website very much because he is essentially <laughs> the number one tag driver in the country. The rankings say so as well. Uh, three times back to back to back in the Supercarts USA Pro Tour X30 Senior Champion. And we're talking about some serious uh, competition at that level. And again, Ryan, uh, impressive uh, first year with Orlando Karting Center and Team Felon. And then the last couple of years, of course, with PSL Karting. Uh, back to back as well on the Florida Winter Tour Rock Cup Championship. We don't yeah. talk about that a lot, I think, Ryan. Sometimes we just kind of focus on three in a row in the Scusa Pro Tour. But back-to-back in the Rock Cup Florida Winter Tour Championships in 2017-2018. In 17, you swept because you won the Rock, or rather the Rotax uh, senior component as mm-hmm. well on the other weekend. Yeah. Uh, but again, as I said, back-to-back, uh, two straight years, national number one in the driver rankings for eCardingNews.com. And this year, you didn't even let didn't let go of the top spot even one time. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty good little resume to read off, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, you look at everything, but... It's it's all good, and you know it makes you feel good. But you know the truth of racing is you're only as good as your last race, and you know I always focus on that. You know it's nice having the three time, you know two time Florida Winter Tour, three time Scusa. It's all good, and it makes you feel good when you go to bed at night. But in the end, you know you're only as good as your last race, so never focus on winning because you know that can change in in a heartbeat. You know the next race is never guaranteed, and you know you always got something to prove. So yeah, yeah true it's enough. obviously good, but you know at the same time. Racing is a cutthroat sport, so you know you can't can't live on it for too long. Well, listen. Uh, obviously, you won the first national number one plate in 2017, so you had it on for uh, rather 2016. You had it on for 2017. You had it on for 2018. Here's a question for you before before I ask you to give me kind of your origin story, where you started in karting, and how you got to where you are. What's it like to have that national number one plate on? You know, there's a lot of you know, some of the younger kids. I don't think like it that much. We've seen it sometimes they've They've elected to park the national number one to go back to a different number. Maybe it's a target in in your category, in, you know, tag senior, X30 senior. How do you feel about running that national number one? Oh, well, I mean, it's obviously a challenge. It obviously puts a target on your back. But uh, for me, you know, I've, I've always thrived on, you know, people not necessarily not liking me, but, you know, always trying to beat me. My my entire racing career has been built off that. So for me, it's never really been an issue. Uh, it obviously puts a lot more pressure on you. You know, there's a lot more media attention on all of, all of your write-ups before and 
before and after the race, you know, you're mentioned in it. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it does add that, that little bit of pressure, you know, I, even to this day, you know, I try not to like, not to be rude, but I, I try not to read the write-ups before because, you know, I can mess, I, it can mess with your head, you know, when you start Understood. reading it, I try yeah. and try and wait till after before, you know, and then, then I'll read, read the write-ups and everything, but it does add a, a bit of pressure, but you know, after the first year, the second year, you know, you, you're used to it. It's, it's just a normal day at the track. You know, you just, it's like I said, just focus on getting your, your job done and you really don't have to worry about anything else. People are going to try and beat you, whether you have the number one or the number 348 on your cart, you know, everybody's gunning for you. And, and when you're mentioned a lot in, in the media, you know, you, your name is out there and people, people want to take you down. People want to beat you. They want that, they want that spot. They want the spot that you have. So yeah, it's always, regardless if it's the number one or wherever you are, you know, it, there's a lot of pressure out there. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, but I'm starting to learn how to deal with it. And it's, it's getting a lot, a, a bit easier, at least on the pressure side of things. Well, it sounds like you got a good handle on it. Cause there's two things that I, that I kind of lines I bring out. Number one, you not reading the, the previews or reports, I think is, I don't think that's a bad idea at all because you know, that's one of those things where you don't want to believe in your own hype, right? When yeah. you start thinking you're too good because you're believing yep. in the hype, there's an issue. But you talk about the national number one, and one of the things I've said, there was a couple of young guys that didn't want to run it. And yeah, they're worried that maybe they had the target. I get that if you're in micro or mini or whatever it may be. But as a driver, you don't, you can't see your own number panel when you're in the seat. It's exactly. in front of you, it's on the sides, and you can't see mm-hmm. it. Like you said, for all, for all intents and purposes, you're number 348, Yeah, right? You're out there thrashing out doing your regular deal. It doesn't matter what plate you have on. You're still going to approach the race the same, regardless of it's, if it's the one or yeah. the 348. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I understand how people not wanting to do it, but uh, you know, like, like in 2016, when I joined the um, PSL carding, you know, it's, it's, I, I like the challenge. I like taking on new opportunities and whether it's the same go-kart with a different number or a different go-kart with the same number, you know, any opportunity I get to push myself and challenge myself, you know, I'm going to take it. So yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't elect not to take it. I like having it. It's, it's fun and it makes you want to keep it on there. You know, if it's one thing to have to get it and then there's another thing to lose it and, you know, losing it is just as bad as, as it makes me, you know, crave it just as much as wanting to get it. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, it motivates me. And at the same time, it pushes me to be a better driver. Understood. Okay. So now let's, let's go back to the origin origin story. You know, we've talked a bit about who you are. You know, you're out of Orlando, Florida, you're 20 years old. You've been racing for nine years. I rolled down the list of the most recent accomplishments, which are unparalleled at this point in the sport. Uh, how did you get started? You know, bring everybody up to speed on, on where Ryan Norberg first jumped into a cart and then how did things kind of progress for you in nine years to become essentially, as I said, the number one ranked driver, both by Supercarts USA and by eCartingNews.com. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, racing is is really not a thing in my family. I mean, uh, my dad grew up like driving motorcycles a bit, but he never really like pursued a career in racing. So it was always a strange thing for my family being, you know, the first generation to pursue something that no one else has pursued. So, you know, you're, you're not really looking to somebody a a figure in your family for advice you're just kind of you're figuring it all all on your own so you know uh when i think it was 11 10 or 11 it was around that time um my dad and i were watching nascar you know i always like nascar and i like jimmy johnson that's why my number is 48 um (laughs) but i i saw him and was like yeah like let's let's try it and so we went up to ocala grand prix and they had you know some rental carts and you know, I can still remember the song that was playing on the way in. Like, it's kind of a lot of mushy stuff, but I remember it. 
And uh, yeah, out out the gate, I just kind of had a knack for it that I didn't have in anything else. And it was something, you know, I'd never experienced before. I'd tried every other sport, you know, I tried basketball, baseball, golf, all the stuff. And I never really had like a natural talent for it or a natural like want to be in it. So after after starting that, you know, I, I went to the Orlando Card Center that was just opening at the time. And we spoke with Andre and Andre um, sold us our first cart. It was a Rotax Mini Max and uh, Tony cart. I forget the whatever one it was, but yeah, he sold us our first cart. And actually Gary Willis with Team Fallon was my first ever mechanic. And, you know, I've grown up with him, racing with him. And um, he has been more of an influence on, you know, my racing career. He, If you know the guy, he doesn't settle for second. And um, even when you win, you know, he comes in and you win and you expect that, hey, great job. But in the end, you get a, come on, you could have won by more, you know. So it's you, you, never get that, <laughs> wow. you never get that same thing that you do at other tents, which I think, you know, built me to the driver I am. And so, yeah, progressing from there, um, I kind of grew up racing in the in, in, behind everybody else who was was good. You know, I kind of was in the the backlight. I don't I don't know the correct wording of it, but I was behind. You know, Oliver, Nick, Nick Nary, Oliver Askew, yep. Kyle Kirkwood. You know, they were all the big time drivers, and you know, I was right behind them all the time. And you know, I never felt like I got the recognition I deserved when I was out there because you know everybody focused on them. And, you know, because they, they were the top drivers at the time. And so, you know, that that on top of it pushed me a lot, too, to be the guy, you know, that, you know, people aren't aren't counting on me to win and people don't expect me to win. But, you know, it, there was a point where I, I expected me to win and I expected me to perform at that level. So instead of, you know, waiting on my opportunity, it was my turn to go steal that light away from them. And, you know, and that was a, a huge driving factor in my career. And so, you know, obviously being surrounded by those guys and racing with those guys obviously helped, you know, build my talents and build me um, just as a driver I am. But, you know, yeah, it was it was kind of that, you know, that that want to be number one. And then, the you know, the, the never wanting to give that up is what what drove me to be the driver I am. And, you know, you go into just recently, you know, it's and you know, I'm, I'm racing with different drivers and I grew up racing with, you know, everybody's progressing into different series and you know, you still want to hold on to that number one, even, even now, you know, as, as the news is coming out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still wanting that number one title, you know, even if I did something else, you know, I, I want to come back and hold that, you know, it's, it's a nice thing to have. And I don't want to give up that, that top driver spot anytime soon. Well, it's really interesting. You talk about it being kind of, like you say, in the shadows behind yeah. the guys that were the number one players at that point. Yeah. Oliver Askew, of course, very good. Nick Nary was out there winning races and winning championships. And, and, and I can understand that being kind of in the background, understanding that racing against them has helped raise your game, but waiting for your chance to be in the spotlight, right? Yeah. When they made their move to cars, uh, of course, Nick did some, uh, some formula cars, but has got into some, uh, some super late model racing. Oliver, we know getting into the road to Indy, but yeah, it was your turn to shine in 2000 and, you know, 2016, you got the job done. That's, that's cool. Now, speaking of your turn to shine, let's, let's jump quickly. You know, for the last two years, we've been uh, blessed and fortunate to have a chance to work with the good folks from road to Indy Anderson promotions and Mazda. And they gave us one of their at-large picks for the Mazda road to Indy USF 2000, $200,000 scholarship shootout. Last year, we selected Jake Craig this year. Uh, Dave Cole and I sat down and we said, you know what, you know, it was, it was a pretty quick pick for us. There was a couple drivers there, of course, but 
you know, Ryan, we picked you because, you know, just the way you've approached the last three years and, and for us, it was, man, he's done everything he needs to do on track and off to get a, sh- a shot at doing this. Now you end up going to Arizona. You're part of the, the scholarship, which <laughs> the shootout rather, which was easily the the toughest of the two. So many great champions from, you know, all these F1600 and open wheel programs coming in to run those uh, uh, Formula Maz at the Bondurant school. But man, I, I know we threw you to the deep end, but I want to, and I said this to you already, we got a lot of great feedback from the people that were there, the judges, uh, some team owners that were there, that uh, you made a really, really solid impact. Let me let me ask you right now, can you talk a bit about the experience? What what was it like going into that event? Well, you know, like you said, you know, I was going into the deep end with really no experience yeah. in, in the car realm. And even on the side of, of marketing and, and pushing myself as, you know, something more than just a driver is, is something I've never really done before. And you know, outside of the karting world, I don't have much experience. And so to prepare for it, I, I did an F4 test with Jay Howard. And unfortunately, the F4 is is not even close to a Formula Mazda. Like I, I was hoping, you know, I would get some experience in a car. And I was quick in the F4, but the two, you know, didn't really translate that well. But, I mean, the experience in itself, you know, I want to thank you and uh, um, David for giving me the opportunity to do that. I mean, e-karting news is Again, just that—that's—that's that's something that you, all drivers dream of, and for you guys to be able to be a part of that and to select a driver, you know, it's—it's it's really amazing. I mean, for me, it's—it's it's something you can't explain. You know, it's—it's it's just an honor to have. And you know, I also want to thank everybody at uh, Mazda, Anderson Promotions, and you know, all the judges for you know what the, what they did the week. You know, it's—it's it's a hard pick, and you know, it's—it's it's, every driver there. Um, was was really good you know people say that a lot but to me you know I all the guys I, I was I was rooting for you know like I obviously I want my I want to win myself but you know all the drivers there were well deserving of it you know to me it, like the decision the judges have to make was was really hard like I didn't want to be in their position I I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine being in their position um but yeah, you know, I, I I knew I was the underdog going in. I wasn't gonna let that stop me from trying my best and giving, you know, my one hundred percent. You know, when we you have the first night, it's it's kind of just like a dinner, a social atmosphere where you go and you speak to all the Mazda executives and everything. And you know, that was that was an amazing experience. You know, I I thought you know I I did quite well at marketing and talking, and I enjoyed it a lot too. You know, I, I always thought that it was gonna be some a very difficult situation for me, but it was fun. And even the driving portion of the the race was fun. I just knew, you know, after the first day, you know, I, I knew that, you know, I wasn't terrible, but I, I definitely wasn't a standout um, in the car, car realm of, of, of the thing. So it, you know, it was, it was disappointing, but at the same time as it was encouraging, you know, having some of the judges, you know, Jeremy Shaw was talking to me and telling me, you know, that I have potential and that I have, you know, the driving ability to get in a car and that, you know, if I did it, I I would have success, you know, and you hear that from all the judges and even the judges were saying, you know, like for no car experience, you look like you have car experience. And so, you know, it's encouraging and at the same time discouraging because, you, you know, you obviously didn't win, but, you know, knowing you have potential in something is, is obviously an amazing experience. And then on top of it, being selected for the, the USF shootout is, is an honor in itself. So, you know, you're, you're among the elites while you're there. So, uh, it's it was a it was a great experience you know i i would do it again in a heartbeat like the, the just just learning everything and learning how to communicate with people to me was the biggest thing and then on top of it the driving aspect of everything was really fun and it, it was a great experience for me 
Well, you know, for us, one of the things we looked at and and we knew sending you there was going to be tough because, folks, we're talking 20. Well, let's say 18 because one didn't come and Ryan doesn't have the seat time. Essentially, 18 open wheel champions from around the country and around the world, whether it was F1600 from Australia, from South Africa, from from Europe. There were so many different people that were brought in. Both all the Team USA scholarship members were there as well. And that's one of the things we wanted to do too, Ryan, was get your name out there. The, tent, the, the fact that you were able to get in front of Jeremy Shaw, you never know what happens next year if you're able to transition into a, into a car ride and find the funding you need to get into a car, whether it's a, a 1600 or whatever. Yeah. Now, Jeremy knows who you are. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see you, if you're in a car next year, be invited to the initial super, uh, Team USA uh, scholarship, you know, the, the, their own program mm-hmm. as well. There's a, there's a, a definite possibility yeah, and, there. So, and on top of it, final too, take, yeah, final takeaway from it. Uh, I mean, on top of it too, uh, you know, it gives you kind of that motivation to want to, to yeah. pursue cars. You know, I, a lot of carters get stuck in the, the carding realm and just, you know, are happy with what they, what they're doing. And, you know, I'm, I don't have anything against people that are, uh, are doing that, but you know, once you get that, that taste of the car world, it, it does motivate you to want to get something done, you know, whether it's 1600 or USF 2000, you know, you, you want to get more and more of that, that same similar taste. And I don't know, it's, it's something you can't explain, but it's a different world out there and it makes you want to, it makes you want to jump into it. Well, uh, you know what, that's, only thing we were hoping for you was a great experience. If you want it, that would have been fantastic. But the experience is what we were hoping to, to, to bring for you. Now, folks, we got to go to a quick break because when we get back, we got to talk to Ryan about something because <laughs> some big news hit the uh, the streets this last week and it's going to uh, kind of change where Ryan Norberg should be focusing in 2019. Stick with us. More to come. This edition of the Hot Seat on the EKN Radio Network. Le Mans, Daytona, Sebring, the most legendary endurance races in the world, where man and machine push the limits of physics in an attempt to beat their competition and the clock. Now you can add the SimCraft 24 Hours of Orlando new sack karting to your list of must-attend endurance events. This brand new 24-hour endurance race is taking place on March 29th to 31st at the Orlando Karting Center in Florida. Plus, this is an event you can do in your own kart. There are arrive and drive kart packages available in addition to OEM and bring your own kart options. All entries will receive a fresh Briggs 206 engine package, tires and fuel, and the engine is yours to take home post-race. Do not miss out on the must-attend karting endurance event of 2019. The entry deadline is February 1st, 2019. Go to 24hoursoforlando.com, that's 24hrsoforlando.com, or the Facebook event page at Facebook slash 24hrsoforlando for more information. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you've downloaded the app to your mobile device, uh, or you could be listening, of course, on ecardingnews.com slash radio. It's the hot seat with Ryan Norberg, three-time Supercarts USA X30 Pro Tour champion, uh, two-time Rock Cup Florida Winter Tour champion, and, of course, back-to-back 
EKN Driver of the Year, at the top of the EKN Driver Rankings. And again, we're continue as a Bell athlete. Big thanks to Bell Racing USA for being our partner with the EKN Driver Rankings. Orion, we kind of tiptoed around some stuff of the, the first part of the podcast <laughs> here. We talked about uh, your resume, your attendance at the Mazda Road to Indy uh, Scholarship Shootout in Arizona. But, you know, primarily the reason why we wanted to sit down and, and throw you in the hot seat here was because some major news came. Uh, caught me off guard, yeah, and a bit of a surprise. A bit of a surprise to you, yeah. obviously, as well. Uh, breaking news last week: PSL Karting issuing a press release that uh, they were parting ways with said Ryan Norberg after uh, the second season of winning the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. Uh, let's give me your feedback on this thing. You know, in, in talking to you uh, once it happened, you said it was a, a bit of a surprise. You kind of figured you'd be back with the team for 2019. Yeah, well, I mean, you you kind of see it. You've seen it with uh, AJ Myers at least with um, TB Carts. You know, sometimes things don't work out. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of the timeline of everything is we we had spoken before, and you know, I'd asked some things out of my contract that a bit a bit more for than the previous year, and you know. I was fine with, um, you know, if we if we didn't go uh, the same route as we did the year before, you know, I was fine and I was I was open to that. And I I tried to bring it up early enough in the season that, you know, if that was the case, you know, we could we could end things on a good note because you know I'm I'm very thankful for what they've done for me. What um, Dominic and Steph both did for me was unbelievable, and they took a shot uh, a chance with me two years ago and. You know, it, it paid off, obviously, for them and for me. So, you know, I, I don't want to come on here and, and, and bash them in any way because what they did for me through the two years that I was with them was was unbelievable. I mean, we had a crazy amount of success. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was a surprise. Uh, we spoke in Vegas a bit about the next season, and, and from as far as I knew, we were signing together. You know, we, we spoke and, and – you know, everything was just kind of finalized the deal and then we'll go from there. And unfortunately, you know, I I tried to get a hold of them after that and there wasn't really much communication with everything. And um and then, you know, a few hours before the press release I was called and I was told that I was being released. You know, um I, I don't know how how the, exactly the press release was worded, but it wasn't really a mutual decision. It was it was one one party versus um one party deciding it. Um, and then, you know, the answers that I got weren't necessarily, uh, didn't, didn't meet my standards of, you know, satisfaction. I didn't really feel that they were, you know, what they should have been. Um, you know, this, this situation in my opinion, wasn't handled the best, um, could have been handled differently, obviously. And, you know, it could have been handled much better. Am I thankful for all that they've done for me? Absolutely. I mean, they were a great team. They, like I said, they took a chance on me and did some amazing stuff with me. Um, but yeah, I, I, the situation probably could have been handled much better. And, you know, like even down to the, the, the press release, you know, I, I was kind of taken back by the whole situation. Um, and it, it really hurt me because I, I have a lot of people there that I consider to be, you know, close friends and I trusted them. And, you know, whenever you get burned like that, you know, it, it, it takes a lot out of you and it was, it was quite hurtful. And then, you know, I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I had a night planned with my girlfriend to go hang out and I, you know, canceled on that. I was like, you know, I don't really want to be around anybody right now. I'm, I'm you know, it, it's, it, I'm dealing with this. And then, you know, I didn't even know they were doing a press release and then they release a press release. And, you know, then my phone is just from then on is ringing, 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 and, you know, stuff I didn't necessarily even want to deal with at the time. But, 
you know, yeah, the, the situation for sure could have been handled a lot better. But am I thankful for what they've done for me throughout my career? Absolutely. You know, the guys are they're amazing guys. Dominic, Steph, um, Gaga, Chef. You know, there's a ton of guys over there that I'm going to miss. And, you know, it's it sucks that we can't race together again. You know, it, it was a good good connection. I thought it worked well with everybody. But, you know, that's that's racing. If you're not used to disappointment at this point, you know, you're not you're not used to racing. <laughs> It'll, it'll toughen your skin up for sure. Now, Ryan, you know, one of the things I, I think you look at it, I know people get this, anybody who races has their own, you know, their own team, their own squad. You're up early in the morning, you know, you're grabbing breakfast on the way to the track, whatever it may be. You're really going to war to a certain extent, especially when you're talking about top level stuff like the, the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the Winter Series or the Winter Tour. It's aggressive. It's hard. It's, and you're all in. Yeah. You know, I mean, this, is, this isn't yeah. just rolling in with the truck cart in the back of the pickup truck. This is miles of testing. And, and you know, really, with the, and like you said, the pressure to hold a national number one, the pressure to, um, you know, to deliver for PSL karting, to deliver for your team. And I would have to believe that you, you talked a bit about you threw some names out, but the, but the relationship that you develop with people when you're in that kind of a battleground, it's, I think that's, that's the kind of thing I, I assume you'd probably be struggling with because you develop such close relationships with people when you're especially two years of, of running top level and, and providing the results. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's obviously the big thing. I mean, it, on a base level, everybody thinks that it's just like any other sports team that you just go and you, you know, you see each other at the event and then you go home and you live your separate lives. But you know, there's, there's a lot in it. It's like you say, it's, it's war out there. You, you spend the night with them. You wake up early in the morning and you're right there with them. You room with a lot of the guys, and you get to know them. You get to know the personalities, and you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, it. I think if you would have done this podcast a bit a few days ago, I, I would have been a bit more, you know, energetic and a bit more loud about my opinion on everything. But once you, you know, you go back and you you think about everything, think about all the good times you had with these people. You know, it's sad that we had to end it on on, on this note. But at the same time, you know, obviously I'm thankful for what they've done for me. And uh, uh, the, the people that I spent time with there are, are I, I'm hoping to carry that relationship on, you know, after after this. And, you know, I, I hope we can still get along with each other after that. You know, I'm planning on still having a good relationship with them. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 disappointing. It's it's frustrating that that's how it ended. And it ended on such a odd note, especially, you know, when we had a the opportunity at Vegas that we could all say our goodbyes and I would have liked to have done it in person and, you know, yeah. say my thank yous. And, you know, I, I thank everybody after the race, but it's a different thank you. You know, when you're leaving, it's a, it's a different, it's a different, it's a different way of going about things. So I've called, I've called Dominic and, you know, he, he gave his answers to everything and, you know, they are what they are, but I'm definitely still, I am definitely thankful for what, what they've done for me. Well, when one door closes, uh, one normally opens up, especially when you've got the national number one plate in your pocket. I know that a couple of people messaged me <laughs> saying, hey, uh, can I, yeah, how do I get a hold of Norberg? What do I do? Yeah. I want to talk to Ryan. What do you think? Um, let's talk about plans for 2019. I, you know, I gave you, what, three days, the weekend yeah. to kind of cool down a little bit. Uh, we probably would have had a more, like you said, more heated, <laughs> potentially more uh, energy-filled podcast. Yeah. But I think the weekend was a better time for you to yeah. kind of able to you know internalize things but i have no doubt when you said the phone was ringing it wasn't just people saying hey what happened it was people saying hey what are you going to yeah. do because like i said a couple of people getting a hold of me knowing that i was going to you know i posted up online that we were going to talk what um 
What's transpired so far? What are your thoughts on mo- potentially moving to 2019? Are we going to see you? Uh, what, what is anything happening right now? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's like you said, the, the phones were ringing pretty, pretty frequently after that. I had, um, uh, shortly after the press release came out, I had two teams call me, um, and get a hold of me carting teams, you know, for next season, um, on top of friends and family, you know, I've probably had 10 carting teams call me and talk to me about plans for next year. And that doesn't count like little deals here and there that you, you know, you got to start working out, um, pretty early. You know, I think the most unfortunate part about this whole thing is how late it was into the season. You know, the first race of the season in the carding world is in two and a half, three weeks now. So, you know, yeah, that's the big thing. You you gotta, you gotta get going on this stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I've had quite a few, you know, I don't want to say names and anything yet because, you know, we haven't decided anything, but I just had lunch with um, somebody here and, you know, in the Orlando area and I'm on the phone with people all the time. So, you know, next year is looking, uh, you know, is, is, is going to be fun. I'm not going to say what it's, what color it's looking like, but right. um, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely should be a fun, fun year. And, you know, the nicest part about everything is, um, you know, the, the kind words people have for you, you know, uh, just just knowing that you're wanted that much is is really nice. And, you know, a lot of the people have very, very complimented, like are very complimentary to me. And, you know, just knowing that you're an asset to somebody on not only on just the driving side, but, you know, people on the business side are are looking for opportunities on top of that. So just knowing that, you know, you're more than just a driver to a lot of these people is is very encouraging and it's it's i although you know it's it's unfortunate that this happened with PSL you know i i truly think something better a better opportunity is is, is in the future um speaking to people there's a lot of people that are are very energized with you know the possibility of me racing for them so yeah i can understand cool, that you know? i can understand now question is it is it just carts or are we are we thinking potentially are you going to try to make a push to maybe get a car program going as well. Is that, is that something that's on your, your, your yeah, work Yeah, I definitely, I mean, especially after the um, USF shootout, I was definitely very energized to get something handled with cars. Um, you know, obviously the more difficult part is, is, you know, now that I am 20, I, I'm not living on mom and dad's dole anymore. You know, I, I do have to make money my own. So the scheduling with cards and a job and cars becomes quite difficult. You know, you kind of have to choose one avenue if you want it to be cars or carts. But uh, today, I mean, I spoke with somebody today, so you know, the possibility of getting behind the wheel in a car is is highly likely, and you know, I'm really looking forward to doing some stuff with that and developing with you know that that person and growing that relationship. And yeah, I mean, it, there's not having you know a tied down um, schedule for 2019 it opens the doors for a lot of different things. So you know, you have a lot of different opportunities ahead of you and it's quite exciting. You know, the first day was, was kind of depressing, but after that, everything's been kind of a high and, you know, just hearing all the the kind words and getting stuff planned out is it's, it's exciting. It's very exciting. We're on the hot seat here with Ryan Norberg. Ryan, I I asked a couple of questions out on, on Facebook to see if anybody had any questions for you. Uh, Speaking of the fact that you say you're focused kind of on what you're doing and you're not, you know, you're obviously not on the parents' dime anymore. Uh, Ben Schirmerhorn actually asked, do you have another job? Or do you race only? Is that kind of the, the you know your your position with PSL was it full time? Uh, it was. I mean, it was it at the track. It you know uh, coaching and stuff is is definitely more my yep. job. So you know having a group like PSL, they have a huge client base. 
So it does open the door for opportunities with uh, on the coaching side of things. Um, for me, you know, I could always go work at um, Chick Fil A up the street and and get a job doing that. <laughs> but you know, it's my passion is racing, and you know, it's not necessarily easier to do racing, but it comes easier for me than you know, scooping ice cream or something. So it definitely is. Well, it's a skill set, yeah, exactly. you have, right? It, it, it's a skill set that you can transition into coaching for sure, data acquisition, yeah. whatever it may be. It's definitely, dude, you're the, you're the number one driver in the country. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. You're, it def- start coaching. Yeah, it, it's definitely, it's, okay. it's always fun for me. And, you know, meeting new people, it's it's always a, a definitely a, a cool opportunity. And, you know, also with, uh, with PSL, you know, I was exclusive to Burrell products only. So, you know, now that, um, you know, I'm, I'm no longer am, you know, it opens a door for a lot of people I can meet and potential clients. And, you know, I've already had on top of teams, I've already had a bunch of people contacting me now that they know that I'm free. And, you know, now they're contacting me asking for work. So it's, again, the past couple of days have been, have been quite encouraging. So Ryan, uh, you, you kind of talked a bit like potentially there was something already in the works, but at this time, are, are you still wide open? Like, should people be messaging you on Facebook and and getting a hold of you if they if they want to talk to you about potential opportunities? I mean, with them? yeah. I mean, as of now, yeah, I am. But um, hopefully, in the next couple of days here, I should have it have it decided. So you know, I, everything. <laughs> All right, industry, yeah, go to work. Exactly. Uh, everything that's been <laughs> been going on is 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 getting getting coming to a close here. You know, I, again, there's only two and a half, three weeks of the first race of the season, so yeah. got to get on it. You know, I was going to say that. I was going to say that a guy like of your pedigree is not going to last long on the free market. You know, somebody's going to come in with the right deal. It's not like you're going to be hanging around, but again, there's a sense of urgency. Like you said, uh, you know, Daytona getting rolling here in a couple of weeks, and then we're just less than a month away from the Scusa winter series opener down in Homestead. So folks, Hey, stay with us. We got more to come on the other side of this break. I'm going to ask Ryan Norberg, his thoughts on the current state of national level carding. I can't think of a better guy to ask what it's like to be in the front in the lead pack of these uh, Hornets, at one of these top-level races. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Are you done with the cold weather already? And are you ready for the 2019 season to get underway? If you're planning to race with Supercarts USA next year, we have the answer. Spring training is only a few weeks away. The Scusa Winter Series is back for its second season, and AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex is the place to be in January and February. The IAMI SSE 175cc gearbox class will be making its debut in Pro and Master Shifter, and all the Pro Tour classes will be on the docket, including Micro and Mini Swift, KA100 Junior and Senior, and X30 Junior, Senior and Master. The popular Briggs 206 Senior and Masters classes are back for 2019, so throw your cart in the back of the truck or into the trailer and escape the winter cold. Registration is open for the first round of the series, which will fire up the 2019 season on the January 11, 12, 13 weekend. You can get all the program's information on supercartsusa.com or register now at motorsportsreg.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Rob Howden. Uh, a new issue of The Hot Seat. And in The Hot Seat today, Ryan Norbert. Quick chat before the break about 
Uh, he parting ways with PSL Karting, Ryan scoring uh, back-to-back national championships in Supercarts USA, uh, back-to-back titles in the Florida Winter Tour Rock Cup as well with PSL Karting. Uh, definitely the, uh, the one of the lead generals for the Red Army uh, of, of Burrell Art. Pretty impressive run for him. Ryan, you've been running national-level racing for a couple of years now, a handful, and you know, over the last maybe two or three Maybe four, but let's say three. It it got pretty ugly out there. You know, for me in, in the PA booth watching every race that comes on track, I get a really good feel for it. You, of course, uh, in the trenches in terms of being out there, elbows up with the boys in, uh, and girls in, in X30 Senior. What are your thoughts right now on the current state of national level karting? Do you think there's been a bit of improvement in racecraft over the last year with the maybe with the introduction of the pushback bump? Um, I, I mean, you're, you're obviously one of the bigger um, guys that, you know, support an improvement of racecraft where, you know, I, I kind of think it, everybody with data and all that we've learned is is becoming really, really strong. I mean, in the past couple years of the Scusa competition, I mean, the first year I raced, there was um, five guys that had a chance of winning every race. The next year it was seven. And this year there was like 10 guys every race that, you know, had that opportunity. So I think the one of the bigger issues is that you know with the amount of data and the amount of track time that everybody is getting everybody's getting really good and everybody has a shot at winning and when you everybody has that possibility you know nobody's wanting to give give it up and on top of it too i i think there's kind of this um you know when i grew up kind of in the shadows of all the better drivers you know there was more of a respect for the top tier of guys and you know it was you're waiting on your opportunity to take that you know you weren't gonna just like fight your way there and you know what you see when you're racing from 20th back to 40th or whatever you know everybody there is is racing like it's for the win you know everybody's blocking everybody they don't really have that idea of like you know that we have to work together you know we're or you're you're not as good as that top tier level not saying i'm better than anybody i'm saying like you're not we're not at that level yet even when i'm back there with them so to get up there and, that, and that's yeah. the line ryan you're not there exactly. yet you guys you haven't developed yet you haven't earned your way to the front yet in terms of speed skill and exactly. respect. and it mean, takes i mean it takes a yeah. bit out of you to to learn that it takes a bit of getting beaten around but the problem is is you know all the guys in the top 10 say you know once you get outside of top 15 it's you know your weekend's virtually over and like and w- with the drop down you know it it's nice to have it but when you get back in a situation where you're coming through the field and where guys are blocking every lap and where, you know, accidents happen and I like it because it does calm down the starts, but you know, the racing becomes much more difficult. I mean, obviously with everything, there's a good side and a bad side. And I think the net positive of the drop down is obviously better than the, the loss we take, but you know, it with, with that and you know, the, the side pods and everything, you know, racing is becoming very, very, very safe. So people are taking those risks in the back, you know, that you didn't have before. People are, you know, aren't using, aren't afraid to get punted because you can't, mm-hmm. you know, where before if somebody hits you, you'd go into the next corner and just let them know that you didn't appreciate that. And, you know, now they don't have that risk. You know, now they can, they can run you off the track and you can't really do anything about it until you get back up to their side pod and, and let them know, you know, so I, I, I like it. And I think the net, the net gain of the drop down is obviously better. Um, do I think there's improvements for it? Obviously, um, it definitely is 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 a hot button issue for a lot of people. It's not like it's well accepted, but 
you know, I think I think the problem with karting is, you know, people not knowing where they are, people drivers thinking they're not better than what they are, but not earning that respect that, you know, it, it takes a while. It takes nine years for me to get to this this point. You know, I've I've earned a lot of the, the respect that I have to do what I have. You know, if you show up two years into it, you're not gonna get that same respect and you know, it, it's it's a process. It's not like it's it's like any sport, you know, it's a process to getting to the top. It's not it's not all you can just run up there and just be fast and you're gonna you're gonna win, you know. Yeah, I think that's a key point. You talk about uh, some drivers not, I think, uh, understanding that they have to earn the respect of the drivers up front. Now, you know, the, the more you race, and you'll race against guys. And I got another question I'll ask you in a couple seconds that kind of plays for this. But there are guys that you know that you can race with, and there are guys that don't. And because, like you said, the data acquisition is so good now, the tuners are so good, a lot of the time some of these younger drivers coming out of junior can get a hot rod, get a chassis set up, that they can run up front with the big dogs. And we see them kind of have some issues when they get a little over aggressive. Okay. Would you care to comment potentially on maybe how the, what I call juniorification of karting is, is kind of affecting things. It seems like when we look at, you know, an X30 senior race, of course you're, you know, you're 20 years of age. There's a lot of guys in there that are in their, in their, in their higher yeah. teens. Well, you know, now we're getting to the point where we've got 15-year-olds and potentially 14-year-olds running in the senior classes. Do you think that maybe the maturity levels and, and maybe the lack of respect or lack of lack of the understanding that they have to earn respect, is that playing into some of the, you know, maybe some of the more aggressive racing, some of the more uh, rough racecraft we're seeing? Uh, I mean, possibly. Uh, you know, it's more of a driver instance. You know, it's kind of how you were raised at the track and how, yeah. you know, you were treated and how you treated others. You know, I, I think I've, I've raced with 15 year olds that I had the most fun racing with. I've also raced with 15 year olds that when they pass me, they just run you right off the track. So I, I think it's more of a driver to driver basis. But I, I mean, now that I'm, you know, I'm 20 years old, you know, you realize you're not going to win every race and you realize, you know, sometimes third is the best you can get out of the go-kart. And, you know, that's okay. You know, the sponsors are okay with that. You know, what what you're trying to do is just push that product to its limits. And if its limits are third and your team trusts you, then, you know, that's what it is. It's it's third. And I think understanding that as a driver, I mean, obviously I'm not saying don't give up on the win, but I'm saying, you know, sometimes it's okay to, to you know, if somebody's going way faster than you and, and they get by you, sometimes it's okay to let them by and, you know, follow them and try and learn. And if, if that's your limit, that's your limit. You know, it's, it's not settling, but it's just a more of just understanding. That's great input. And the funny thing is I kind of keyed on you talking about the fact that there's one 15 year old that you could, that you could trust mm-hmm. and one 15 year old that you may not as a driver in some of these huge fields. Um, do you feel like you take account? Do you know who you're racing with? Like if you go into a corner and go, okay, I got to watch this guy here or Hey, this 15 year old kids gonna he's gonna race me clean yeah is that a mental inventory that you have that you kind of know who you're battling against of course and uh you know I, i'm hoping to do more videos about that honestly you know i don't know if you've followed my youtube channel but you know i kind of want to do more videos on driver body you know body language you can kind of tell yeah. by looking at the guy that you're coming up on what his goal is you know it's the twitchier the driver you know the the more you got to be aware, you know, the more relaxed, the more, the less they look back, the more relaxed you can be, you know, it's not necessary. I mean, obviously driver to driver, you know, you know, you, you know, if you have beef with somebody, they're going to try and race, race you rough. But to me, it's more body language and, you know, watching how the race transpires in front of you and seeing, you know, 
how they've been handling other people and how they've been handling you and learning, you know, every, every race is going to be different. Every race has its characteristics and, you know, some drivers are, are dirty, but you know, sometimes you'll pass them and they don't really care. So, you know, it's more just reading the body language of other drivers and, you know, reading, you know, how they've been acting, where their card is, what stage in the race you're in, you know, if it's lap 20, obviously, you know, that the pass is going to be different than it would be at lap four. And, you know, so it's, it's just more, you know, again, it goes back to maturity and learning all this stuff, but I'm kind of hoping to, to do more videos about it on my YouTube, not only to, you know, kind of teach people, but you know, it makes my racing easier if people (laughs) act correctly. (laughs) So uh, those of you listening here on the uh, the ECAN Radio Network, we have Ryan Norberg here in the hot seat. We're going to give him the chance at the end of the podcast to give you all the his social media uh, accounts. We'll get you hooked up on the YouTube channel. We'll make sure we have that linked in as well uh, when we post this to, to Facebook. Um, all right, let me ask you this then. This, you're in the hot seat, so this is a good one. I'm not going to ask you to throw anybody under the bus. Mm-hmm. But if I were to ask you to name a couple drivers that you're always comfortable racing wheel-to-wheel with, who would they be? Who are the guys you're going to say, you know what? Yeah, dude, we're elbows up for 20 laps. I know you're going to race me hard. I'm going to pass you. You're going to pass me. I'll give you a chance to say a couple of names if you have any. Uh, to be honest, it'd probably be easier to name the other ones. You know, it's no! it's, it's, it, it's it's not that I don't have res- – like I, I don't have people I race well against. You know, the, the, a lot of the people, majority of the time, you're going to race clean with. It's just yep. I have gone to a, gotten to a point where I don't expect to be raced in that in that fashion and okay does everybody have a mean streak then you think you know what i'm saying like is there it you're saying not really nobody just is always super clean somebody's always gonna maybe i mean it it doesn't again it kind of comes down to the race because sometimes you know if somebody's fast and you pass them they're not gonna panic and they're not gonna be rough with you and you know they're not they're not gonna they're not in that desperation mode where if somebody's slow they're gonna race you rough so i mean i i have people you know you could I can name like Brandon Jarscrack is good, Austin Garrison. They they'll race you good, you know. They they'll race you clean, they'll race you hard, and you don't really have an issue with that. But you know, sometimes there are races where either I'm more desperate, they're more desperate, you know, and it just happens to be a little bit more rough. And you know, I don't expect them to race me as well as I would want to be raced. You know, that's again, like I told you, you deal with a lot of disappointment. At this point, I'm to the point where I don't. I don't expect it. And then I, that way I don't get disappointed by how I'm raised. So Ryan, if you're saying, if you're struggling a little bit and you're running that block and line down the inside, you expect to get a little, little, maybe a little action. Oh yeah. I, I come in and tell people right. on the scales. I'm like, I'm surprised you waited so long. I was like, I was expecting that three <laughs> laps before I've done that more than once. Uh, I've done that. All more right, than well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Honestly. All right, folks, we come back. I got a couple, I got one more question from Facebook. I'm going to ask to Ryan Norberg. Then we're going to go in first time we've ever had him for this. We're going to do the EKN Fast Five after this break. Introducing ePartrade, electronic performance and racing trade. ePartrade is the revolutionary new web-based trade-only product sourcing platform that works 24-7 to connect performance parts suppliers with racing business professionals around the world. Find new products and technologies all year long, accessible everywhere, from anywhere, 24-7. Trade is the only product sourcing platform as innovative and fast-paced as the racing market itself. Trade is the fastest, most efficient, and cost-effective way to introduce new parts and services to the worldwide racing trade while they're red-hot, allowing builders, race teams, 
retailers, engineers, and other verified racing businesses to access them from anywhere in the world, day or night. The world is changing, and we're changing with it. Welcome to the future. ePartrade, the global online platform for the performance and racing industry. Visit us at www.epartrade.com or you can reach us at 323-870-9300. With the season winding down, it's time to start planning for 2019 and how you're going to take your racing to the next level. For so many race winners and championship winners, that choice was obvious. Joining the Rawlson Performance Group and its staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. We're dedicated to your development, your constant improvement, and your success. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. It's what we do. We win. Our tent is already fully booked for this year's Scusa Super Nationals in Las Vegas, but we're now reserving spots in our program for the 2019 Supercart USA Winter Series, the Pro Tour, the Super Nationals, and both the California Pro Car Challenge and the KM Karting Challenge. If you're looking forward to 2019 and you want to explode out of the gate to put in the best season of your life, call us to reserve a space under our tent for the Supercarts USA Winter Series. It's been an incredible season at the Rawls Performance Group, and we couldn't be more proud of our drivers and their successes. On the Scusa Pro Tour, we won the S2 Stock Honda Championship and earned Vice Champion honors in S1 Stock Honda, X30 Senior, and X30 Masters. In the California Pro Car Challenge, we won the Mini Swift title, and in the Can-Am Karting Challenge, our drivers were crowned champions in Tag Senior, X30 Junior, and Micro Swift. If you want to fight for championships in 2019, call us. If you want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is the same. Call us at 503-260-4514. The Rawls and Performance Group. We race to win. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. We got Ryan Norberg, the number one ranked tag driver in North America, in the hot seat. My name's Rob Howden. One more question from uh, our post on Facebook. Rusty Fox asked a question. Um, Ryan, what other superstitions do you have during a race weekend? Any superstitions? Oh, for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I don't, oh, I don't wow. think okay. I'm very superstitious, but there is, there's like, there's like three major ones. So like the first one, right. I, don't, I haven't been doing it that much often. Like I don't wear the I wear like super long kind of goofy looking socks. I don't wear them off track, but every time I go on track, I have some weird long sock and I have a, I have a pair that every time I put on, I do better. So, you know, I save those for super Sunday or something, you know, yeah. there's, I hear there's you. weird, yeah. weird stuff like that. Um, you know, the bathroom stall, I always use the same bathroom stall the entire week. That's just something I do. And if the week's going bad, I'll change to a different stall and I, that'll be the stall. I get that. And then um, <laughs> and also like, I, like I'm I'm religious. So, you know, I, I believe in God. And so every every race before I, I go out, I pray for safety of everybody else. And I pray for, you know, myself and that, you know, I don't pray to win the race, but I pray that, you know, we all compete at, uh, at our best level and that we can, we're all safe and we don't end up in a, in an ambulance before, you know, we, before we go home. So 
you know, that's that's one thing that happens in every race, and the, the socks and stuff is more just a, a goofy thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like that. That's a great answer. And uh, Rusty Fox, thank you so much for getting on uh, on Facebook and and uh, firing up a question. All right, we're almost done this podcast. This hot seat. We'll uh, we'll get let, get Ryan out of it in a bit, but we got to get him into the EKN Fast Five. Five quick questions uh, regarding his career and just to give some more insights. So, folks, this is it. This is the EKN Fast Five with the number one ranked driver in the country again, back-to-back years, 2017-2018 in the tag senior class. It is Ryan Norberg. Ryan, are you ready for the Fast Five? yeah, let's go. Here we go. Number one, what was your first cart? And give me some details. Uh, Tony Kart, uh, what was it? It was a a Tony Kart Cadet chassis. uh, It's like the Nordics or something. And it was, All yeah. Right. Did, uh, now talk about it. Like, did you, did you pimp no, it out with some no, cool decals? I, I or was, were you that kind of I guy? I was too afraid to. I had a black suit and a goofy haircut. So I already looked bad at the track and I didn't want to do anything else to make myself look any worse. So, you know, I, I left it the same. After that, you know, after I, I had that cart, I bought another cart that I had white side pods on and I never cleaned it. So by the end of that, that use of the cart, it was a brown cart and it looked quite nasty. So, yeah, no. My first two carts were were just a standard, like the Tony Kart Nordics. I, I think that's what it is. And then the next one after that was just the same thing, but a little brown after a whole season of racing. All right. I was just writing down something here. Note to self, Rob, contact Norberg's parents to find picture of Goofy haircut. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll send it to you after. You'll love it. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Question number two. What is your favorite cart track? Oh, um, probably yeah. a mixture of, you know, I obviously Orlando Kart Center is one of my, my most favorite just because I'm, I live there and I have the most time on the track. And I think there's a lot of characteristics there, but you know, I also love, um, Miller Motorsports Park. I think that's what it's called now or whatever. Yep. Uh, it's, I think it's all actually called the Utah Motorsports yeah, Complex Utah, or campus. Utah is, 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 I had a, a fun race there back in 2014, I think it was, and I've always loved it ever since. And uh yeah no those are those are probably the two off the top of my head i could probably think of some more here but off the top of my head you know every time i get asked that question those are the two that i answer with and we're going back there this year right for the uh, spring nationals excuse the spring nationals uh question number three what's the biggest win in your karting career um probably the 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 uh spring nationals you know that first one i i won um in 2016 and it wasn't really because of the win it was just you know it was my first ever scusa race and you know no one knew who i was and then by the end of practice you know everybody you you walk up to the grid and people are pointing at you looking at you trying to follow you and that 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 wasn't happening before and then on top of it you know the first day all the racing was in the the wet i mean in the dry and then in the wet you know, it, it just rained for the final. And for me, you know, I, I went around about halfway through the race and had fallen back to fifth. And I remember telling myself, you know, dude, you just won everything and you're seriously going to blow this because you don't know how to drive in the rain. And yeah, after that, I, it was, I was not losing. I remember going off track and then back on track, passing somebody. And then, yeah, I was, I was not losing that race. And for me, it was just kind of a, a good a thing for the, you know, my abilities and believing in myself. You know, it was one of those things that, when I got done with that day, I was I was on cloud nine. I like the fact that you check yourself in the middle of the race. Oh, I, I do that all the time, Rob. Like I, I do that. Gather back I get up. Passed by four or five guys, and you know your instinct is to you know want to get him back as fast as possible. But it, there's so many times where I'm like, you know, dude, you're you're okay. 
take a breath. You know, you, you've got it. You've got the speed. Just, just yep. slow down. You know, there's 20 laps left. Yeah, there's some insight for all you racers out there, you young drivers that lose a couple of spots. Just take a deep breath. Yeah, it'll all be okay. And go back yeah. and get them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question number four, the EKN Fast Five with Ryan Norberg. Who is your biggest rival? Oh, uh, you know, I've had a few. I, I've had a few. You know, Kyle Kirkwood used to be one for a while. Um, Austin Garrison used to be one growing up all the time. You know, it was we always joke about it because we're on the same team and we grew up, but it was literally – I beat him. I would be upset. I beat him. He'd be upset. He'd beat me. I'd be upset. You know, it was always, we always joked about it. We still have the joke to this day. Um, but yeah, then it, it was probably Kyle because he was, he was a good contender I have. And then, you know, Jake as of recently was a good one. And, you know, I, yeah, there's Craig. a lot in, out there and, you know, I don't like to do the whole like, you know, rival thing because, you know, in, in my mind, I'm, I'm here to win and I'm always going to win is, you know, every race I go to, I believe I'm going to win the win the race. So you know, I don't like doing the rival thing because to me it gives people more credibility than they need to have. And, you know, if they put right. them on my left, I, I don't like that. I like that. All right. Final question of the Fast Five. Who has been your biggest mentor or influence? Um, You know, it'd probably be Gary Willis. Like he's, he's, he, he, I've grown up with that guy and, you know, through everything, the guy, the, the guy has always been there for me. And, you know, he gives you that, kicking the butt when you need it and you know he's also there to yeah. compliment you and, you know even after this you know i called him and you know he he was very comforting and you know, gave me some advice and you know i could probably name a few other names if i had a little bit more time to think but off the top of my head he's been somebody who's been a big big proponent into why i'm the driver i am today and at least not settling for a second you know he was always a guy that was like give it 100 percent and even when you win, win by 10 seconds. Don't win by nine. You know, and if you can win by 10, win by 11. Yep. You know, so it was always that same mentality that's, at least driving-wise, is, is the person I am today. Well, there you go. Ryan Norberg, folks, the EKN Fast Five. The- My friend, you're out of the hot seat. Nice job. <laughs> thanks, well thanks. done. Um, okay, let's let's line them up. People want to follow you on social media. Where do they do? Where do they do it? What are your your accounts on on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? We'll start with that. So on uh, Facebook, it's obviously it's, it's Ryan Norberg and Ryan Norberg Racing. I kind of use both. So you know, I if I have one thing on my personal account, I share it on my racing account. So if you follow one, you follow both. Uh, but yeah, follow both if you want to. Um, on Instagram, <laughs> right. it's Ryan dot Norberg. It's pretty simple, and that I try and post at least once a week. I've been kind of inactive, but that's more because I I don't have really much to post because I'm trying to figure it all out. <laughs> Wait, hold on, folks. There's going to be lots of stuff <laughs> yeah, coming exactly. in the next couple of and weeks. Then, uh, Get ready. Twitter is Ryan Norberg forty eight. It's just just my name plus forty eight. And then my YouTube. Go yep. follow me on YouTube at Ryan Norberg. And yeah, subscribe to that. And I'm hoping, obviously, you know, I my sponsors kind of get the priority in that. And now that I don't really have one, you know, I want to make sure that the person that's that's getting the priority deserves it. You know, when I make a video, I want it to be, you know, brought to you by them. So, you know, that's kind of something I like to do because, you know, they're helping me. I want to help out. So, you know, once I get that. Folks, he's the number, he's the number one driver in the country. Mm -hmm. So follow him on that YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. He's talking about doing more videos. So I'll have a look at it myself as well. Ryan, we're done, my friend. Thank you so much for uh, sitting in the hot seat. It's about an hour long show. Pretty, pretty cool. And and we appreciate you kind of giving us a bit of a look into what's been going on with you for the last couple of years. Thanks, Rob. And uh, yeah, thank you for give, giving me this opportunity to come and talk and explain myself. And, 
yeah, it's it's been fun. I always love doing this. I always love talking about what's going on in racing. It's it's one of my favorite subjects, so <laughs> I could go on <laughs> for too. another two hours. So yeah, thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this. Well, you know what? We'll have a maybe we'll have a round table sometime in the off season to talk about racecraft, bring some people on. But yeah, you know what? Great to have you here. And I think me and everybody else very excited about what we're gonna see in terms of where you land for the two thousand nineteen season. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It should be exciting. There he is, folks. Ryan Norberg in the hot seat here on the EKN Radio Network. This one is done and dusted. Uh, Obviously, make sure you got the app going. EKN Radio Network. Download from iTunes or Google Play. We're done. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Rob Howden. Bye for now.